You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. Uh, so I want to welcome you this morning, invite you to Isaiah, turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Uh, it'll be on the screen behind me as well if you want to follow along, but you can read along uh, in those Bibles there. Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to be continuing our series, uh, Something New, just uh, exploring what God has, we feel like God has said to us for this year, for 2020. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, an interesting time, you know, still trying to wrap my head around 2020, you know, like that number, right? It's still, like I know it's, we're getting through January here, which is crazy, right? We're getting into January, like we're, we're time's flying, but like 2020, that's just, it's, it's a special time for us. I think especially because of just the, the roundness of the number, you know, we started the church in 2010, so this is our 10 year, you know, really our 10th year as a church, and so just trying to process some of those numbers, and I know numbers are just, you know, arbitrary, and, you know, they don't necessarily mean anything, like the calendar changing doesn't really, like we had snow up there, and it's 50 degrees outside, you know, I don't really understand the weather and those things, but there's just something to, you know, when you, when you think about the span of your life, when you think, you know, where were you 10 years ago, and where are you now, like some of you, your hair was a different color 10 years ago. Um, you know, some of you, it was a different color, you know, naturally now, you know, um, some of you look different. Some of you grew up, you know, some of the kids 10 years ago, much littler, you know, what's happened in the last, in the last 10 years, some of you gotten married, you've maybe had children or maybe kids have left the house in the last 10 years and gone off to college or, you know, got married. There's so many, you know, who's here that's, or who isn't here that was here 10 years ago. We've all lost, you know, so many different things. Um, and so when you just begin to think through not only what's happened in the last 10 years, but, but maybe, you know, 2020, what's the natural thing is the 2020 vision, right? That's what you think, you know, eyes, 2020 vision, you think ahead. And so thinking, what could the next decade hold? You know, what do the next 10 years hold? And every year, uh, you know, as a church, we do this, you know, a, a theme for the year. We say something new. What is God saying to us for the next year? But particularly coming into this year, I felt like God was saying, don't just look ahead a year, but really consider maybe what does the next 10 years hold? For Life Tree, I was like, man, like ah, I don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, how, how do you project that? Um, but just really thinking through, okay, God, well, maybe it's not for me to figure out, but what, God, what are you saying about the next ten years for the church? You know, ten years from now, will we be in this building? How many of you want to know the answer to that question? Like, you're just curious. Like, we're meeting in here. Like, some of you really don't care. I'll meet wherever you've met at the senior center. You met at the school. We'll meet here. We'll meet outside by the park. I don't really care. It doesn't matter wherever the building is. But ten years from now, I can tell you, it's Unlikely that we're going to be here. Like we've got, we've got, we've got dreams right, of what God's going to do in and through us. And just feel like, you know, this is some of those things as we, as we talk about. Um, and felt like God has kind of said this phrase in, in, my, in my head. Again, I'm not going to, you know, put it out there and market it. But just that this next decade will be a decade of, of fruitfulness for our church. That in some way that God's going to really bear fruit through us. And remember when we say through the church, we are the church, so it's not through the building. It's not through just like the leadership because that's just a part of the church. It's us. That this is going to be a decade of fruitfulness for, for us. And, and this verse really marks the beginning of that, right? As we reflect on what God has done in the last decade, and there's been some amazing things right there. It's amazing that we're even in this building. It was amazing that we even got the Sharon School. It was amazing that we got to the Senior Center. It was, you know, open doors for, for just you to come here. How'd you get here? That's always my, my a fascinating story. Like, how'd you get here? Like, think about, like, what brought you to Life Tree the first time? Like, some of you, 
have been coming since the very first service. How many of you were at our very first service back in June 2010? Okay, I count. Yeah, that's just so you know, that's all of them. That's who was here. It was only six of them. Uh, that was, yeah, I'm not really exaggerating. Okay, it's it's we've come a long way, baby. All right, so it, it was it was a it's been a wild ride, and there have been stories and miracles along the way of just how we got to this place, and God's done so much in our lives and in this community and through us. It's just been it's been an adventure. But now, as we come to this new place, 2020, we begin to think now for the next 10 years. Right? As, you, as you think about that, we come to this verse, and I want to read it again, Isaiah 43, and just, just would you just listen to it? I know we've been talking about it for a number of weeks. Would you just listen to this verse again, and let God just maybe speak something new to you today, timely today, about 2020 through this verse right now. And it says this, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. And I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. And I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned, their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlewick. But forget all that. Forget the last ten years. Forget what I've done in the last generation. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. And he concludes, I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. Let's just pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, whatever you want to say to us, Lord, make it loud and clear and give us ears to hear it. Thank you. Amen. Forget all that. Nothing compared to what he's about to do. When we sit there and we can talk about, oh, remember back in 2015 what God did. Remember back in 2018 what God did. I remember this awesome story how we went to Mexico and we, you know, got to, got to work with a church and God provided money to help us buy land there. And, you know, God did this and God did that. And it was so cool that opportunities to help here and how it just worked out. It just so happened that God did this and it just so happened that God did that. And we can sit here and tell story after story and God just says, hey, forget all that. Forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. Our vision has always been to live up to our name as a church. Our vision is to live up to our name. If anybody's wondering, what's the, the mission, right, is, is, is what we're trying to do, is help you grow from root to fruit, right? It's catchy. It's tree-ish. It works, and it's actually and deeply biblical. It's exactly what we want to do, help you grow from root to fruit. But our vision is, is, you know, how we're wanting to do it, is we want to live up to our name. We want to be a tree of life. It comes from someone Right, that the righteous, that the godly, right, are, are like trees planted by streams of living water. Right, their, their leaves never wither. They bear fruit in each season. They prosper in all that they do. Right? This idea that we would be a tree of life. Trees don't exist for their own benefit. Right? Trees benefit the, the, the community, the environment around them. Right? They, they take in carbon dioxide, give out oxygen. Trees make an environment better. We know this. It's science. Science is good. It's okay. It's not a threat to faith. It's okay. They can work together. We know this. Yes. Good. Okay. So, like, you can learn a lot from trees. God made the trees, and so science is just the observation of what God made. And so, as we're understanding this, that that we want to be a tree of life. We want to have our our roots that go down deep into the faith of God. That 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 believe in a God who who has put us here not just for us but for our community. Right. So, how do we how do we benefit? 
those around us? How do we make the environment that we're in better? How do we make Robbinsville better because we're here? We want to be a tree of life that's constantly giving shelter and, and food and nourishment, protection, right? That, that's making the air better in this town, right? But, but it's not just to be a tree of life. It's, it's for this community, it's, it, that God has really given us a heart for this community. And our vision has always been like, if we have a building, right? Our, our, our vision is not to have a, again, no, no commentary on church buildings. I don't want a church building like this. We don't feel like that's what God's put on our heart to do, to have a church building that sits here, that gets used, you know, for the one hour a week or two hours a week that we're here, and it sits in, you know, it just doesn't, like, the community has no benefit from the structure. It just sits here. All right. and, and again, that's not an indictment on churches at all. Right? That's historically, there's, there's a number of other things that go into that. But for, for us, we felt like God wanted us to, to build. If we're going to have an architecture, a structure, that we would do the same thing with it, that's our mission, is give it away. So we'd have a community center. Right? Something that we could use on Sundays for our services. We could use it as we need to. But that 24-7 throughout the week, it's a gathering place for those in our community. To come for kids and moms and dads and, and families to gather for, for resources, for wellness programs and things. Just to say, hey, listen, come here and we want to benefit the community around us by even with everything, even with a building. Right? That that would be our vision to so bless right? that we've always asked the question, if we closed up the doors of Life Tree tomorrow and said we're done, right? who, who, who would miss us? Outside of the people in this room right now, would anybody in the community care? Right? Have, have we done anything to so impact those who don't come that they would actually, like, that they would miss us, right? We want to, trees don't exist for their own benefit. We want to make a difference for our community. So we want to be a tree of life, giving life for this community. But at the end of the day, last word, last word church. We're a church, right? That gives us clarity on what we are and what we aren't, right? Not a, not a soup kitchen. There are soup kitchens. We want to support them. Right? We're not a, a social justice program, right? but we want to support those things. We want to partner with those things, but, but that's not us. We're a church. We're a gathering of those who are following God, doing life together, right? and growing together from root to fruit, helping us develop the roots of our faith. What is it that we believe about life? So much so that it, it produces fruit in our life. What is fruit? It's great. It's easy. They're on the green banners. Somebody's grandmother made these green banners. They're not ours. We don't put them up every week. They're just here from the church. But this is the fruit. Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. I would say gentleness, self-control, those kind of things. But they use those other nice vintage words. Okay? But you get the idea. That's fruit. That the roots of our faith would produce those things in our life. Are you loving? Are you filled with joy? Is there peace in your life? Because that's what the roots of faith, that's what it produces. Right? Are you patient? We've talked about this. New Jersey, are you patient? Come on. Fruit of the Spirit. What stands out, it's unusual because only God can do that. Especially when the light turned green like a second and a half ago. Go already. What are you waiting for? So I tracked a trailer trying to make a left by Dunkin' Donuts. And he was, I think he was trying to take off the people behind him because he was like, and I was like, dude, I don't know how the guy behind him is not losing his mind. Right? Kindness. Are you being kind? Are you being good? Right? Are you being faithful? Are you gentle? Oh, again, Jersey, are you gentle? Are you gentle? Why are you laughing? Right? Self-controlled. Right? That's the fruit of the Spirit. That, that, that's, our, that's our vision. That, is that as we gather together, that as we grow, we would grow in these fruits that the faith that we build here would help us dis- display this in our lives in such a way that it just naturally blesses those around us.
right? That's our, that's our vision. This year we're going to continue to try and do that, right? We want to, we want to help, again, the, the kingdom grow. We feel like God's helped us send out Pastor Frank and he's going to start a church in East Windsor, right? In a neighboring community. And we're going to help them just like we've helped other churches through the years with this idea of multiplying the kingdom. It's not just what God's doing here, but we're part of something much bigger. We're part of the kingdom of God and that it's okay for us to help other churches get started when we don't even have a building because that's just how the kingdom works. There's enough, right? It's not like, we have to either help us or help you, but we can't do both. No, you can do both. God's an and kind of God, right? And so we can be generous and have enough. How does that work? I don't know. Tithing, how does it work? It's not good math. I understand that. But in God's economy, guess what? You always end out ahead. For those of you wondering, I don't know what anybody gives, right? I never know what anybody gives, right? That's why I'm so free to talk about money. You should tithe. You should absolutely tithe. God makes a promise. If you're not trusting in God, right, if you're not tithing, it's because you don't trust God. Plain and simple. There's no way around it. Right, that has nothing, that's not in my notes. That's just off the top. I'm just, I'm on a roll today. I'm medicated, just so you know. Um, I had a science infection, so I got some antibiotics in me. So, boy, buckle up, you know. This year we're going to go to Mexico. We're going to go to Peru. We're going to send teams out to go on different trips. Some of you for the first time ever. We're going to serve however we can in this community. We're looking constantly for opportunities. We're never going to stop growing in our capacity to meet needs, to equip you, to be the church. That's my goal. That's my job, to equip you to be the church. That's it, to say, hey, how do we do, not how do we do church, how do we be church? Because church is not a program, right? It's not a name. It's not a brand. It's not, it's not music and a performance of production. It's not any of that kind of stuff, right? If we really wanted to be production after 10 years, right, Kevin should have known the words. Like, he, he forgot the words, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm picking on him. I'm picking on him. Listen, it's not about, but there's nobody more genuine than Kevin because it doesn't matter about the production quality because that's not our priority. It's, guess what? I'm singing to God from my heart, and I'm trying my best. He's coming. He's got a full-time job. He's given everything he's got to do this stuff, right? We're coming just to say, hey, it's not fancy, but it's real, and we're just trying to help us grow and make a difference here. We're a church. That's what we are. We're not a production company. I'm not trying to compete, right, with these Movie studios, that produce, like, that's just not us. That's not what we feel like God has called us to be. Right? The church devotes themselves to teaching, to fellowship, to relationships. By the way, if you're not in a branches group, get in a branches group because that's what a church is. That's the power of this. This is not the power of, of, of Life Tree as Sunday mornings. It's really not. If you think it is, you, you don't, hey, there's more. <laughs> but wait, right? You don't know how much better it gets. Get in a branches group. If you haven't signed up, you can sign up again today. Haven't even started yet? Sign up. Please sign up, okay? Fellowship, right? This is what the church is. But can I be candid for a moment? Yeah, I can do whatever I want. I'm up here. I got the mic. It's been 10 years, and there are still people in this community who, if we closed our doors tomorrow, that they wouldn't, that they wouldn't even care. There are people that have lived here for years that don't even know that we exist. And it's not about building the brand of Life Tree. Believe me, that's not my concern. But my concern is that there are people that we have been trying, that I have personally been trying to just bless and somehow serve. And I just can't get through. I felt like 10 years, man, we would be farther along. Maybe I would have reached more people. We would have an opportunity to get this message out. And I'm trying to let people know how good God is. I don't care if you come here. You go to any church. You go anywhere. Be part of a church somewhere. right? But just there are people that don't know. 10 years in, and there's still so much to do. 
you can sit there and honestly, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Come on. I'm trying. I'm trying to do the things. I'm trying to be obedient to God. I'm trying to do everything I know to do. And yet you're sitting there going, where's, where's, the, where's the fruit of this? And I don't blame anyone. I think we're doing everything we can with what we have. But there's this realization that begins to set in. Right? There's a realization, and it's this, that the need far exceeds our capacity to meet it. Anybody ever come to that moment in your life where you realize that? Where the need far outweighs your capacity to meet it. You see something and you go, man, I wish I could, I could do something about that. I wish I could you know, stop child abuse. I wish, wish I could you know, feed every hungry kid. I wish I could stop this or I, I could make a difference here. I wish I, could, I wish I could bring change there. And you're trying and you're trying and you're trying and you look back and it's been 10 years and you're like, man, I feel like I haven't made a dent. I don't know if that's just me. But as I look around, there's still so much to do. And I wish I could show everyone in this town how good God is. And I'll be honest, I don't know how to do that. Because I've been trying everything I know to do. And we've been trying and we have a team and we, we ask and we talk and we serve. And, and I feel like we're doing great. And it's still so many who don't know. And we're just one little town. So Jesus told us that the harvest was going to be great. And the laborers were going to be few. That the need was always going to exceed our ability to meet it. There was always going to be more work to do than our ability to do it. I wish Jesus hadn't said that. Ever have one of those moments you're like, Jesus, really? You have to just discourage us like that? Like, we all want to make a difference. Every time you can feel like you want to make a difference in your family. You've been trying for 10 years in your family and you feel like I'm making no headway in this relationship. Or maybe in a, in, a, in a career, or maybe it's in your finances, or maybe it's in your health. You've been trying diets and exercise programs. You're trying all this stuff, and you just feel like you're making no headway. Maybe in your schools or with friends on teams, you've just been trying, you've been working, and you just see all this stuff, and it's like, I'm not making enough progress. We see people suffering, people wandering, trying to figure out life without God, and I wish I could just snap my fingers and everybody get it. Wouldn't that be awesome if you'd be like, all right, and everybody's like, oh, God is real. Oh. My snapping is just, look, it's just, I'm not Thanos. I can't do it. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Right? can't even get my dog to pay attention to me. And it can be so frustrating when you realize that the needs far outweigh your capacity to meet it. It can be very frustrating. It's discouraging. Disheartening. But I believe... And I don't say this lightly. I sincerely believe that that's about to change. This is different. We've done, we've done seasons. We've felt like God has spoken things to us before. But there is something different about this something new. I feel like it's a promise that God is making us. And it's scary when you step out into that promise. When you step out into that unknown. When I go out here, I don't say stuff like this lightly. I'm a first child type A. I don't like being wrong. This is recorded. I'm really nervous about the fact that you're going to be like, hey, you said it's going to change. I know. I get it, right? Like this is, but I feel like I have to say it. It's a fire inside. And I have to let you know, God says it's time for something to change. Something new is coming. 
we're reflecting and meditating on this scripture, and there's one part of it we had still yet to talk about, and I feel like it has to be said because it wraps up the whole thing. Right? It wraps up the whole story that we've been talking about. This, what is this something new that God wants to do? Right? It's something new for you. It's not just me. It's not just corporately. But you, individually, God wants to do something new in your life. Right? He says, forget everything I've done in the past. Right? Don't limit yourself in the past by what I've done. I can do something outside those boundaries. Right? I can do something that has never yet been done before. Right? Something new. It's for you. Forget all that. Right? I'm going to pick the least likely places in your life, the wastelands, the wildernesses, Right? They're different, right? The wastelands are those places that you have worked on and worked on and worked on and no fruit, right? They're dry, barren. It's like a desert. There's nothing going to grow there. You've been trying and you've given up on it. The wildernesses are the places that are overgrown, unkept, unaddressed, things that you have not tended to in your life, things, attitudes that you've allowed to persist unchecked. There's wildernesses, there's wastelands. In both of those, I'm doing something new. I'm going to make rivers not just stream, not just puddles, not just pools, rivers in, the, in, 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 that, in that wasteland, right? I'm going to pick pathways. I'm going to cut them highways straight through right, those wildernesses. That's what I'm going to do. I've already begun it. I don't need your permission. I'm starting now, right? Do you not see it? His voice calling us. And then we get to verse 20. And we'll put it up here. It says, the wild animals in the field will thank me. The jackals of the owls, too, for giving them water in the desert. 21, I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. So this is odd, right? Jackals and owls. The jackals and the owls are going to thank me. We just passed over that. Did any of you actually think about what that actually says? You're like, oh, that's just the Bible. The Bible just says weird animals randomly, right? Yep. Like we just sort of, you know... Yeah, sure, jackals, right? When was the last time you actually said the word jackal? Right? I don't know. You call anybody that? You jackal. I don't know. Like, what's really odd is their original meanings. Okay? I, I don't know what to do with this, but I'm going to share it with you because it's amusing. The word jackal here actually comes from an original Hebrew word that means dragon or sea monster. I don't know how they translated that jackal. I have looked up in every Bible translation, it translates it jackal, wild beast jackal, but I'm like, it definitely comes from sea monster and sea dragon, like, which is pretty cool. Like, but yeah, I don't know, you kind of think about it, like, okay, so in the desert, the sea monsters are going to thank God because that's how much water there's going to be? I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I don't know, I could go with that. But it's, it's really odd, and, and it's, it's really the, the essence behind it is these wild animals. Because all of those wild animals, whether it be a dragon or a sea monster, I don't know if dragons are real, but maybe they were. Maybe they were. If you read about the description of Leviathan in the Old Testament, it was this mythical sea creature. Oh, man, talking about scales. It looks breathing fire. It sounds a whole lot like a dragon. You know, it, was, it wasn't until later in my life that I realized we had named our children Levi and Ethan, which if you put them together is Levi-Ethan, Leviathan. Yet my two boys together represent the mythical creature that represents chaos. Hmm. Did that to myself. Okay. So anyway, that's just, again, not in the notes. Not in the notes. Owls. Owls comes from the word ostriches. So I was like, eh, jackals, ostriches, owls. Yeah, it's, it's really about unclean birds. The unclean birds, the scavengers, those, those things. I mean, owls, if you know about owls, they are not clean birds. Oh, man, they make messes wherever they are, but they're really cool. Like, I love, I love looking at owls, right? Um, the image here is that these are unclean beasts. These are animals 
that the Israelites would have associated with uncleanness. They would have avoided them. They would have looked down. These are, these are like repulsive, disgusting animals, right? They would never have imagined that jackals and owls or dragons and ostriches or whatever you want to say, that those wild animals that are unclean, right? Unclean meaning that if I touch them, I would become ceremonially unclean and I couldn't be part of the community. I'd have to go outside and, and purify myself for a period of, of, of days before I'm allowed back in to be part of everything else. Like these are not good animals. These are like keep them on the outskirts, right? Just keep them away. They live out in those wastelands, in those wildernesses because that's where they belong because they're not with us, with the people. And God says, hey, guess what? Those animals, they're going to give me praise. And I'm just sitting there going, huh. So remind me, who was the water for again? I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. The water was for the people. It's for, what God wants to do is for us. It's something new he wants to do for us. Right? But he says the wild animals are going to get blessed too. See, what God is saying here is, I'm not going to be like neat with this. Right? I'm not going to be, you know, the rivers, right? It makes sense that, you know, God's going to pour it out and he's not just going to be like, okay, you just stay there. He's going to like shower it on everybody. There's going to be rivers all over the place, pathways all over the place. When rivers come to a wasteland, right, the geography changes. When, when, when like, if you look and study the you know, rivers that come and go, that flood and that don't, right, when those rivers are at flood stage, the, the landscape looks different. It looks green. It looks lush. When it's gone, it changes. But with that green, lush landscape comes different animals, Right, things migrate there and change there. The geography changes the animals in the area. God says, "Hey, listen, I'm going to bring such good stuff here that there's going to be whole-scale change in the region." When God makes a pathway through the wilderness, it stays there. And not only do you get to walk through it, but so does everybody else who comes behind you. Right? When you begin to think through this, this is when it hit me. Okay, all this something new that God is doing that he wants to do in us, guess what? When God wants to do something new, it's not just for you. Your something new is not just for you. God intends to bless everybody around us. I believe this is a promise. Again, it's not just for us. There are people that have no idea what we're talking about, that have no idea. They're not listening. They don't even care. They're going about their lives in the area. Right? And I'm not calling anybody that's outside here a jackal or an owl or a dragon or a sea. Okay. But the point is they are not expecting this. They're not looking for this. They're just going about their lives. In our community, they're your neighbors, maybe your family members, right? And they're just going through their life right now, not expecting anything. And God says, I'm going to so bless you that anybody anywhere near you is going to get blessed. They're just going to get blessed by collateral damage, right? It's just going to happen. Everybody in the wasteland gets water. Everybody in the wilderness gets a path through. See, when we welcome God to do something new in us, we usher in blessing into our community. Do you understand? It's not just for us. It's going to overflow into those around us, to your neighbors, to your classmates, to your coworkers. 
Not only will you be refreshed, but the entire community, too. When God decides he wants to bring water to a wasteland, he doesn't do it delicately. He doesn't paint inside the lines, right? He splashes his blessings all over the place. He's like, everybody, you get water, and you get water, and you get water, and you get water, and everybody gets pathways, right? Everything is opened up, right? God is, he's the kind of God who pours out his blessings in such abundance that you could never contain them for yourself, and it's because you were never supposed to. It's not just for you. God says very clearly, go back to Abraham. What is the promise that God made? He says, through you, I will bless the world. I'm going to choose you as my people to bless others. It's our mission as a church. It's our vision. It's our heart. But it's what God is promising he's going to do right now as we invite God to do something new. Blessings abound around us. But not only is your something new, not just for you. But your something new will be the reason people are drawn to God. Because of what God is doing in you, guess what? Those around you, not only are they blessed, but they understand that the source of that blessing is not you. Right? Water in the wasteland is dramatic. When you're in a desert and all of a sudden a river shows up, I go, hey, who did that? You know that's supernatural. Wild animals notice that. There wasn't water here yesterday. We've been desperate for water for years, and now there's a river. Pathways in the wilderness are unexpected. It gets attention. Man, I'm walking around, and all of a sudden, whoa, there's a path here? I've been hacking my way through this jungle for years, just knowing no idea where I'm going, and all of a sudden now there's a, there's a highway To the wild animals and the unclean animals in this story, they're bowing their knees and proclaiming for the first time ever in their life, God is good and he is king of all. They are recognizing that the source of this blessing is God. And all of a sudden, people unfamiliar with God, people who weren't even looking for him, will have something new in front of them. It will be such a blessing that they will be drawn to worship him. Your something new will be the reason that people are drawn to God. I just want to paint this picture. I hope we'll understand what's going on here. God is saying, I want to do something in you. Forget the past. It's nothing compared to what I have done. I'm going to do something completely new. I'm going to pick the most difficult parts of your life because there are people impacted by the most difficult parts of your life. Those wastelands and those wildernesses, it's not just you there. We live in community. We're going to go out and we live in neighborhoods and homes and we work in jobs Right? We're not trying to create a bubble here. We're trying to go live out and among in the world. Because that's where God is sending us. He's saying, not only am I sending you out there, but go with the blessing of what I'm doing in you because it's going to pour out onto those around you. The key to meeting the great need around us. See, here's the thing. There's a great need around us. It far exceeds our capacity to meet it. But The key to meeting the need around us is to allow God to do something new in us. If I will allow God to do something new in me, then he can do things around me that I could never have done on my own. God will do such good that you can't contain it because you were never supposed to. And the least likely people, people who aren't even looking for it, will see it, they'll be blessed, and they'll give God glory for it. I'm trying to figure out how to reach this community And maybe one of the things we need to do is just allow God to do something new in us. 
Because as he does something new in us, guess what? He's taking care of everybody. He's taking care of everybody to know his love. I've been praying for years. been praying for years for God to bring many people in Robbinsville to a personal relationship with him, to know his love and his mercy and his grace and his hope. And I believe God is saying it's time. It's time. This is going to be a decade of fruitfulness. It's a time for people who may not even be looking for him at all to suddenly find raging rivers where there was a wasteland and they'll know in that moment God is good. People who have just dry and, and, and just walking and, and confused and lost and all of a sudden there's a pathway and they're going to know, I don't know how, but God's at work in my life. And listen, we don't need credit for this because we don't deserve credit for us. We didn't do anything. We just allow God to do something new in us. John the Baptist, God wants to do something new in us that will prepare the way for those that follow. One of my favorite verses, my absolute favorite verses, is one I read when I'm feeling tired and wondering if what I'm doing is making any difference. Ever have one of those days? Like, just making it, my, my, just, man, I don't think it's making a difference. I'm just, you know, whack-a-mole here. I just think I'm, you know, I don't think it's helping any. Hebrews 12, verse 12, says this, So take a new grip. With your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Remember as I was reading this verse, singing about it. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. You know what's interesting about my hands? They're still tired. And my knees are still weak. God doesn't say, so get, get you some new hands. Right, So let's, let's do a knee replacement here. I'll give you new hands and I'll give you new knees. No, what he says is take a new grip with those same tired hands. Get back up on those same weak and tired knees. Anybody got some tired knees? Right, like right here. Oh man, the knees. And you keep walking into that unknown because the voice of God calls you. And because you are willing to get up and take a new grip, and plow through and walk forward in faith into that unknown, guess what? Those who are weak and lame, those who might not have been able to get there on their own, they can now follow you into those blessings because you were faithful and courageous enough to walk forward. When it feels like you're not doing enough and you're tired and God just says, hey, don't quit. You keep following me. You keep walking into this unknown. You keep following me. And as I follow Jesus, he blazes the trail and others can follow. Some may not be able to get there on their own and we have a responsibility. The point of this whole message today is this. There's a lot more at stake in this something new than just our own good. God wants to bring blessings to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, right, to your work group, to everybody around you, to your classmates. God wants to do good around you. He wants to bring blessings. He wants to open up right pathways through wildernesses for people. And He wants to bring rivers into wastelands for people. And the key to unlocking that for them is you. Allowing God to do something new in you. And that may be uncomfortable. God, you have to touch some sensitive places in me. The uncomfortable places. Those places I want you out of. Those places I feel guilt and shame and regret and failure. And God says, hey, I'm doing something new there. Will you let me in? I've already started, but you've got... I don't need permission to start, but I need permission to finish. Will you let me in? Week one, we celebrated what God has done. Remember, 
He's the one who's done it. Remember everything God has done. Let's take a moment and look back. Everything that has been done, all the miracles, the best moments of your life, that same God is saying it's nothing yet. It's nothing yet. Week two, forget all that. I'm going to pick, you know, pick those precise places you'd never dreamed that anything could happen. He's going to do something new in those old places. Right? Week three, prepare the way. It takes courage and faith. You've got to remember big ears. You've got to listen for that voice calling you into the unknown to let go of everything that's familiar because it's not just about you. There are people that maybe can't get there on their own, but through you. Today, the so what is this? Please refuse to minimize the significance of what God is doing. Refuse to minimize it. It's so easy for us to go, ah, that's not really for me. Let me just ask you, what is at stake here? If God says, hey, listen, there, there are people I want to bless, and I wanna, but it's going to come through you. It's going to come through you. The church doesn't automatically be a blessing to this community. We are nothing, right? It's us. We are the church. It's the people. So if we feel like God wants us to be a blessing to this community, we've got to be the blessing. And we only can be a blessing when God does something new in us. Do you understand? Does it make sense? I hope I'm making sense. I don't know. Again, I'm medicated. He ends with this verse. I've made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. We're made to honor God, to honor him, to give him credit, to talk about it. Again, this past week, if you're a Giants fan, Eli Manning, their quarterback, retired, and everybody's giving tributes and honors and saying all sorts of stuff, and they're going out and, hey, Eli, you know, videos, and they're, they're you know, sending out messages and going on record as, as honoring him for the kind of person that he was and his legacy and things like that. We're made to honor God. Can I ask you, how often do you honor God with your words? Not, 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 not just personally. I honor God privately. Yeah, okay, that's, that's not helping. That's good. It's good that you do that. But we're made to honor God before the whole world. Are you honoring God? Are you saying, hey, the source of this river is God? The source of this pathway is God. The source of these miracles in my life is God. That's what worship is all about. It's recognizing worth. We have no problem cheering for teams and wearing this kind of stuff. But when we go out, you know, God, oh, we don't talk about God. You know, people don't want to hear about God. People need to hear about it, whether they want to or not. This is not just some nice... Religious inspiration to get you to next Sunday. You know, hey, you should, God wants to do something new in you. He's going to bless you. It's going to be great. Um, and then just go, you know, hopefully have a nice week. Right? That's, that's not what I'm... Since the beginning of time, God has desired to get to know his people. He's desired to be in relationship with him. And he's saying, hey, it's time for people to get to know me. I'm doing something new and I'm picking the hardest places. The places you don't think are possible because I'm big enough to do anything the least likely people are going to acknowledge God because he does something in the least likely places in us. And as a result, we're all going to burst out together in praise and give God glory because there's water in our wasteland and there's a way through in our wilderness. 
God has something new for people who have no idea that he even sees them. How loving is God? That he cares for people who aren't even searching for him. That he cares about jackals and owls. He's the kind of God that says, listen, I'm going to do so much good that people on the outskirts, people who aren't even hungry for me, who don't even know where I am, but they're starving for this. They just don't know it. I'm going to bring their blessing to them. I'm just going to bring it through you. You will bless the whole world. I will make you a blessing. So we're going to close. I'm going to invite the band back up. And I want to sing that song. Nick, can we sing God of the City again? That song was awesome. I think it fits so well for today. Greater things are still to be done here. I want to encourage you. We're going to, we're going to do the high five, as Nick said, and just, just contextualize it every week. Let's thank God for letting us be part of his good plan. Confess the times that we've limited what he can do in our lives. Ask him to help us walk into the unknown. Listen for his voice. And finally, we get to this point today. Believe. Would you believe that the promise of God for something new is for you? I felt like this entire series, I was going to come out here, I'm going to share this stuff, and there would very easily be people who would be like, I just don't buy it. It's not sure that's for me. It's nice that you say that, but I don't know that I can believe it like you believe it. And that's my prayer for you today, is that God would somehow, some way in your life right now, let you know that there's something new is for you. This is not just something that we came up with that has, yeah, it'd be nice, but I don't know, that you would have this confidence inside you that God says, hey, I'm doing something new in you today. If you follow his voice, he's going to do impossible things, and not only will you benefit, but everyone around you will as well. And God will make you a blessing simply because you trust in him. God wants to do something new in you, He wants to do something new around you. Oh, man, he's so good. I'm just going to sing this song. You can stand, you can sit, you can do whatever you need to do. But would you just take a moment? Let's just pray. Just join me in a moment. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just welcome you to do the something new in us. I have no idea what that's going to look like. But I trust and know that it will be good. And that where we're going is better than where we are and that we can't stay here. But open our eyes to what is at stake, to what's on the line. This life of faith is truly about stepping out and trusting. That's what faith is all about. It's believing what we can't see. That's why it's called faith. And God, I ask today that you would give us faith that we need to walk into that unknown, to say, God, this year, whatever this year is going to hold for me, I don't know, but I'm going to invite you to do something new in me. And and when it happens, God, I'm going to give you credit. I'm going to give you glory now on the front end. I'm going to believe you for it. And when it happens, I'm going to be quick to call out your name and say, my God did this. My God brought water into into my wasteland. In my barren places, there is now a river running through. In my family, there is a river. There was nothing here, and now there's life all over the place. God, that you're going to cut pathways through our wildernesses. Those overgrown places, those places that we've allowed to fall into disorder, God, you're going to reorder our lives. Where we feel like we're a mess, you're going to bring, Lord, this sense of, of order back to it. Because that's what you do. 
You'll make it safe again in those places that are unsafe. God, you, God wants to do something new, and we invite you to do that. So as we just sing this morning, I just want to invite you to, to let God speak to you about those things.